0: I pray the Lord makes sense of the words (laughs) because I'm going to do my best to follow Him whether it seems connected, whether it doesn't seem connected. What are you going to do when the services don't end? What are you going to do? How do you stop when there's four more blind children to be prayed for, how do you stop when the field next door to the church is full of people it brought brought their relatives and their friends that are sick, but it's nine thirty we have to stop <laughs> no. uh, i I absolutely believe that i wouldn't I wouldn't stand up here and pretend i wouldn't I believe that's exactly what's going to happen. I believe Dave is going to be here spearheading it. I absolutely believe that. You remember when he showed me that vision several years ago? Well, it wasn't. I don't know how to describe it to me. I was just doing what I do like right now. But to me, Jesus walked through the wall right in between those two speakers over there. I had my Bible open. He just walked right over here and stood right about here. To the right of the podium, put his, to me it was his finger right on the Bible, and he just said, I want to be believed. I want to be believed. Pilate asked Jesus, What is truth? What is truth? See, today is Father's Day. Um, happy Father's Day. Now that we have that over with. <laughs> <laughs> no, we honor our fathers, thank God. I have no excuses. I had a great father. I, but I have a greater father still. Amen. See, what would be our gift to our father, our heavenly father today? What would be our gift to him? To believe. To believe, see. I believe we're coming into a time of believing because he's been working on our unbelief for years. I believe I believe I believe we're going to believe. <laughs> That'd be a good title. But it's more than going to believe. It's I believe we're at harvest time now. So let me go back. Father, help me. Help me not do that again. <laughs> I don't want to follow Gary through the service, and you don't either. But I don't know what I making. Pilate, here we go. Pilate asked, What is truth? And Jesus had just got through saying in the previous verse. That for this purpose, I was sent to bear witness of the truth. Now, that word bear witness is the same word used that we use today for martyrs, thinking people that, that so held to the truth that they gave up their lives rather than deny it. But that word martyr did not mean that then when Jesus spoke that word, I will bear witness. Then it mean it meant a legal witness in a court of law. See, and to be a legal witness, you have to... You can't have read a book about it. You have to have experienced it. So when Jesus said, when he says, The kingdom of God is at hand he could just as well have say the kingdom of truth is at hand couldn't he the realm of truth there is a whole realm see this morning i was of course praying and and uh, seeking the lord it's amazing to me how he does this but it, it there's times when it's like to me it's genesis to maps you know it's like this truth that runs like a like a flowing stream because it's Father's Day, and I kept thinking about that. You know, our father, when you think about any father, you know, if he's a decent father and knows the baby's coming, he prepares the room, him and the wife, the mother, they prepare the room ahead of time. And that's what God did in Genesis. He's preparing the world, he's preparing a room, preparing the place for his beloved child to live, and he said it was very good. How many think it was very good? I don't, if there were mosquitoes in the garden, they did not suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe it was very good. Of course, we know the fall messed all of that up, and the world we're living in now, the physical realm that we're living in, I don't think God would call it very good. <laughs> but see what Jesus is saying there is a kingdom because we have a Father who loves us. There is still a kingdom that is very good available to each and every one of us and it's available that's what at hand means you can have it now John wrote near the end of his life in one of his little little epistles and I believe it's the heart of God when he says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth we are about to walk in truth I believe we've already stepped over into it I believe the great awakening the 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 outpouring actually I believe we're already in the edge waters of it but I believe it's going to become waters to swim in very rapidly I think that this river is rising quickly I've resisted doing this for a while but I'm going to just go ahead and do it most of you remember or many of you will remember when my grandson who is now 6 foot 1 Going to OU in the fall. Remember that little boy that I had on my lap, <laughs> teaching up here. And that little boy is six foot one, going off to Oklahoma University in about a month. But I remember when he was about five, somewhere right in there, we were out on the patio of the backyard at at, at uh, his house, and we were talking. And you know, grand grandfather, you know, he's just the uh, apple of my eye. Of course, and then Lily coming along, and I got two apples, you know. Now I've got a great granddaughter and I got a third apple, but anyway. They're all, they're all my delight. But I remember on the patio, and I forget exactly what all we were discussing, I was just greatly enjoying just the fellowship of his company, you know, the pleasure of his company. And I think he was enjoying mine also. You remember when he asked me that question, he says, Papa, can you see the lion? that's in that tree. I said, no, Cole. I'm looking with my natural eye. I I don't see. I don't see a lion in that tree. And he said to me with his little four or five year old wisdom, Papa, can you pretend? Oh, I know what pretend is. Cole, suddenly, suddenly, I see the lion that's in that tree. Oh, he was all smiles. (laughs) And what that did, that opened me up to a kingdom. And that's an imaginary one. But it's a kingdom that existed on the inside of my grandson. That before that, did not exist in me. Now that was an imaginary kingdom. But the Lord's been using that experience lately to tell me, it begins with hope. It begins with an image. It, see, there is a real kingdom that exists. It ex- already exists really in you. He said, don't be looking for this. See, it wouldn't have done me any good searching all the backyard for a lion, would it? No, that kingdom where the lion was existed within Ko. And I had to join in with that kingdom if I'm going to interact with him. There now, that was an imaginary kingdom. See, I, I'm, that's why I've hesitated to teach it, but the principle is still the same. Think about how he started with Abraham when he gave Abraham the vision. He starts with hope. He says, "You're going to have a son in your old age. You're going to have you're going to have children." And I remember him and Sarah had already been been married many many decades. I'm sure they tried to have children with all the adults here. You know, they did the physical. Requirement to have, requirement, joy, <laughs> fellowship, well, whatever word you want. To use. They had done the physical things, but no child. And when anytime you experience anything for a long time, whether, you know, we talked last week about the woman bowed over for 18 years, and the man, at how about the man at the pool of Bethesda that was there 38 years? Well, I don't. I didn't really, you know, as you can tell, I have no Bible and no notes. I don't know how many decades Abraham and Sarah had been married, but I do know they were childless. When that goes on for a long time, you know, you begin to lose hope. It becomes, okay, this is just the way life is going to be. So how did God correct that? How did he start? He started with hope. Abraham, there are possibilities that you know nothing about. Abraham, I have a different plan for your life than what it appears to you that I have. Abraham, I'm going to change your future. And the way I'm going to do it first is I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to paint a picture in your mind that faith can give substance to. Remember how Dave would teach us from Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Well, he's told him and by the way he gave him a hope for the day and a hope for the night. Brought him outside the tent now, in my mind, this is just Gary. You can ignore this. In my mind, I see an empty crib in that tent. I know they, they moved from place to place. But I I mean, an empty crib. Well, see, you can't let an empty crib become your vision. That's what the devil wants, to be honest with you. He wants me, uh, he wants me on crutches, to be honest with you. He wants me in a wheelchair. He, he would love to, for me to just go with what I see and what I feel to the point. Sue warned me years ago, says, you better believe God because the devil intends on putting you in a wheelchair and stealing your whole ministry. I got me a wife. I got me a wife. I'm telling you, I got me a partner. And uh, she was exactly right. See, and so I, I can either go with the, can I say no lion in the tree? I can go with how things are and just continue to believe that. Or, where do I go for hope? Where do I go to change that image? God's Word. No, you get it from the Word. Now, Abraham got his for his specific call. He got it from God. You, can, you know God still talks? Anyway. So he started off at... I believe it starts with the, the night. He says, look at the stars. And again, I've been in the desert purposely. Get out there in between cities where there's no city lights on a really clear night in Arizona New Mexico. I remember one time I pulled those trucks over because, and it was just one of those clear nights. Shut off the headlights, stepped out of that truck. It was safe. I was over on the shoulder good. I'm telling you, I never saw the like of stars in my life. You can walk out in Tulsa at night. You're going to see some stars, but there's too much light in the city out there that night. I mean, it looks like diamonds and out in Arizona there, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it's like diamonds on black velvet stars, so many more than I had ever seen in my life. And they look so close. I mean, you part of me wanted to reach up and just see if I could. You just think they're just it's just so amazing. Well, you know it had to be that way in the desert with Abraham. God says, look at the stars. <laughs> I gotta follow him, see. Cole says Cole said, Papa, can you pretend? But really God is asking Abraham, look at the stars. Abraham, can you believe? Can you believe? Listen to what I say now, Abraham. Listen to what I say. Your seed, your children, will number like the stars of heaven. And he might as well have said, Abraham, can you believe? Now, actually, it was Abram at that point. Abram, can you believe? He also gave him a vision to have during the day because he says, count the number of grains of sins. What about that in the desert? (laughs) How many grains is that? I mean, you can't number those. And he used the same words. He says, your seed shall number like that. Now, I don't think Abraham was ever the same after that. But still, hope alone, see, hope alone does not bring the manifestation we are saved by hope but it's hope that is possessed by faith but it begins with a realm that you can't see cuz see abram right after that vision at night let's take the night one i'm sure that was an encounter can but right after that he has to walk back in the tent and what's in there an empty crib Back to reality see now here's the, here's the thing what we call reality is not truth Shandai Mahandai right there should about a bow tie no should about a anyway Potawatomi know, that's where I'm from can you see that what we call reality the empty crib now I'm not saying it wasn't real I'm just saying it well it's a fact. But it's not truth. And that message still rings true today that it's at the website. I first really heard it from Dave, but I called it truth changes fact. But facts are stubborn things, Ronald Reagan said. Well, as you know, a lot of time passed and Abraham and Sarah, Abram and Sarah still did not have a child of their own. And this is the big danger. When hope gets deferred, when hope doesn't manifest for a long time, you have too much time to think. And you start coming up with your plan on how to do something that only God can do. So you know the story. I'm not going to belabor it. I'll say it this way. Sarah had a good idea. That was not a God idea. And the practice at the time, if you had, I want to say servants, who well, I think the word really slave, but if you had servants and you and the wife could not bear children, could not become pregnant, then the custom at the time, you could basically have one of your servants uh, participate with your husband. Okay, I'm trying to be nice <laughs> and uh, have a child that way, but see, that was not God's plan. It's not God's plan. See what they did, let may say that right they come up with a realistic plan that produces results in a realistic world, but it is not the truth. It is not they're not functioning yet in truth. Well, I see we've all created Ishmaels. I'm probably the best of, at it. I'm probably better than you. Call that pride in reverse. Of <laughs> I have created it, Ishmaels in my life that had to, once I really started hearing God and following God, he had to, uh, <clears throat> same way Isaac, no, excuse me, same way Ishmael had to leave. My products of my own reasonings also had to leave my life even okay, child of God can you believe he's saying you can first it comes with hope and he's been painting hope through the Blueprint prophecies actually goes all the way back to Pastor Dave. All of the hope that he painted for us regarding you operating in the gifts, you operating in the miraculous, you operating in power, you operating letting. When I say you, we all know I'm talking about the Father in you by way of the Holy Spirit, by way of Christ. I mean, but still, the works that I do, shall you do also. And so Dave was painting hope all those years every wheelchair being emptied, every blind child receiving sight, Victoria receiving a complete brain. Tommy Perez coming out of that wheelchair and flying here on his own to give testimony about what great things the Lord has done for him. Homer Betancourt, seeing, walking in here, telling what great things the Lord has done for him. See, that's the realm of truth. We've got to... And he's taught us, yes sir, <laughs> I'm laughing because he's he's very kind, he's not upset, he's very gentle, he's gently, uh, today I have, I thank God, you know the a shepherd carries a rod and a staff, I've had the rod, <laughs> the rod is when you, it's really the rod is there to keep the wolf away. Or take you to the woodshed, but anyway, <laughs> normally it's to keep the wolf away, but the staff, that thing with the crook on it, that's for the sheep that's starting to wander to the left or the right, and he just gently gets you and bring you back where you should be. That's what's going on here today when you so for years he's been teaching us about hope, but again, hope by itself doesn't manifest. Truth. Human effort. Good ideas that are not God ideas. Ways to accomplish it without God. Does not manifest truth. It manifests Ishmael's. Israel today is still suffering. Because of Ishmael. And to be honest, so is Ishmael. It was a bad idea. And so he's been teaching us for years. How do you, how do you bring hope into this realm? I could say it. How does the kingdom of God get manifested on planet earth? How does his will be done here the same way his will is done there? Well, it's by faith and no other way. It's by faith. Well, how does that begin? How do you go from hope? I mean, <clears throat> Abraham had those images of hope for decades. He had them for a long time. But no manifestation. That, does that feel like anybody at the prayer center? We've had this vision for a long time. Very little manifestation. Well, how did he change it with Abram? I keep saying Abraham, but his name, his name really during all that time was Abram. God had to change what Abram said. He had to change Abram to a new identity, because Abram saw himself, I think, as a man who loved God, a man who had obeyed God in many ways, you know, left his family, left left everything he knew and Ur. of the Chaldees, went to a land he didn't even know where he was going until God I mean there's so many Abram wasn't perfect, but Abram obeyed God a lot. <laughs> So I think he saw himself as a man that loved God, obeyed God, served God. But I think he also saw himself as a childless man because he was, there was at one point he's saying, uh, you know, you start getting older, you start thinking about leaving your inheritance, you know, and he said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I'm childless? And it looks like this servant born in my house is going to be my heir. What does that tell you? What was Where was his faith? Now he still had the vision. He still knew what God had said. I don't have my Bible, but if I would hold my Bible up right now and say, we know what God had said. He knew what God had said about, your seed shall number as the stars of heaven, your seed shall number as the grains of sand. He still knew what God said, but you can tell where he is by what he's saying. Well, Lord... I know what you said, but it looks like I'm going to die without a child. I'm thinking about who's going to be my heir because God had made Abram very rich. You know, you know about that. Well, you think about who's going to be your heir. Abram's getting older. So even though he knew what God had said, he's making plans as if that's not going to come to pass. Boy, does that sound like... Why do we have so many empty chairs today? Don't blame them, really. It's, it's, it's. Uh... See, right now I'm just gonna. I'm, I'll be okay, because right now all I'm seeing is the endurance prophecy. Boy, did God say it right from the very first servants. Endurance is the key. Well, endurance is not easy. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, and it's hard to keep going when you have a heart sickness that's attacking hope every day. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Every day. You go back in the tent, and there's an empty crib every day, every day, every day. You go back to the service, and there's more empty chairs than it was before. And you go back and you pour your life into people like Dave did. I'm nothing compared. I mean, Dave poured his life into thousands of people over the years. And by his own testimony, Dave would say, they'd, when they'd come, they'd tell me, oh, we've been looking for this. We're going to be with you to the end. We'll be with you till Jesus comes. But when they left, they were searching his back for a, to find just one spot where there wasn't already a knife. Dave just continued. People accuse us, me, of idolizing Dave. No, Dave is a man. Dave is not God. But Paul said, you follow me as I follow the Lord, and you mark others that are doing the same. Well, I marked Dave as a man I can follow. Amen. Amen. I've never seen anybody like him in mean, I've seen people get so mad and just rail on him with the spittle landing on his shirt. I mean, just... You know, that thing is so true. I don't idolize Dave. He's a man that I'm trying to follow because he walks in so much more love than anybody else. You could just poke him with a stick anywhere and nothing but love will pour out on you. Don't try that with Gary. <laughs> you might get something other than love, you know. <laughs> So decades went by Abram and Sarah tried it man's way We're going to help you God Yep We're just going to be bold We're going to step out We're going to do this Lord Yeah we know how to, how to this, is, this is what you meant Boldness is what we need We're, We come up with a bold new plan Put your blessing on this. You know, Abram actually prayed that after Ishmael was born. Oh, that Ishmael could be the heir. Galatians says, Cast out the bondwoman and her son. He will not be heir with the true seed. I'm not quoting it exactly. you know that's what he said no no Ishmael is a product of the flesh and a product of human energy and a product of natural things that is not that is not the kingdom of God that is not the truth that is man trying to accomplish only what God can do see man can do lots of things as you can tell how many think Dave and Tim are smart I, I believe everybody would agree with that high IQ in the in the natural. If they're, if they're, if they're, try, my okey comes out, if their goal, if their goal was to build a big church, if that was the goal, do you think they could have accomplished that? I think they could prob- probably have the biggest church in the area, and that's saying something. we got some big churches in this area. And I'm not against any big churches now, I'm against, just, but see, they had Dave received an assignment from God, and you're here, especially if you're here now, after the fire—or not still. By the way, I saw the end of the fire. I can't preach it yet, but we're coming out. I saw the end of the fire. Thank God for that. What's on the other side of that fire? It's going to be amazing. Amazing. But I'm, not a I, I'm just as stunned as when I saw the first of it. <laughs> I said, oh my God, we're coming to the end of it. But I'm not a, anyway, it's not today's message. Not a, the realm of truth is today's message. Man's efforts... Just being bolder, just flipping a switch. I didn't believe yesterday. Flip, I'm going to believe today. Well, there's some truth to that. I had to pretend with coal. Well, I have to allow the Holy Spirit to paint images of hope in my mind. And he's done that not only with the Word, but the Word through Pastor Dave. We've got a good hope. We've got a good image of what God wants to do here. Not just here, but around, our part in what he wants to do around the world. I've got that image in me. I believe you've got it in you. Every wheelchair emptied. I mean, every wheelchair emptied. No exceptions. First time, every time, all of them, no exceptions. That's not just wheelchairs. I, you know what, I don't care if they come in with colostomy bags. Used to be bladder bottles. Now it's colostomy bags. <laughs> they may come in with them. I don't care what it is. They're not going to leave with them. We're going to have them as trophies on the wall, giving glory to God, who is still Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. <laughs> How do you move from the... We've got a good image. He's telling me. He's pleased. We've got... And I say we, I'm talking about the prayer center and everybody is so affiliated here. Mackay, Dayton, Australia, Brazil. Or I could go around. South Africa, Germany... I'm, Ireland, we've got many that have the good image. But how do you go from that? See, what well, it starts with, you've got to agree with what God says. So how does God move Abram from hope to faith? Now when he first did, he, he had to change what Abraham said eventually you got to move from hope to faith so you know the story very well he changed his name from Abram to Abraham he changed Sarah's name too from Sarai I think it was to Sarah Sarah means princess well what's a princess? well she's the one that's normally going to give birth to the heir isn't that right? but he changed Abram Name to Abraham, which in the Hebrew means I am the father of a multitude. Now, see, would you call that truth? Well, I would. God's not going to tell anybody to lie. But yet, in this world, you could prosecute Abraham. You're a liar. Here you are telling people you're the father of a multitude. And you don't have any natural children, you and your wife. You're a liar. Now we're back to Genesis again. I keep telling you this. (laughs) It flows like a running stream. See, the world is going to call you a liar. Why does it hate you? Because you are truth. And the whole foundation of this fallen world is a lie. And that started in Genesis when Adam had to make a decision. God had said, in the day you eat the fruit of that tree, you'll surely die. And that, I mean, Satan didn't hint. He spoke directly against it. Thou shalt not surely die. I mean, he come directly against it. He is a liar and the father of lies. He began the lie on earth right there. He had lied before to a third of the angels in heaven. They wound up getting kicked out. But anyway, it goes all the way back. So Adam had to make a decision. Who is telling the truth? God said you'll die. The devil said you will not die. And again, what did Adam base his decision on? He, he saw Eve. He says she, she ate the fruit of whatever it was and turned to Adam with her and offered it to him. So he's standing right there and he watches her chomp, chew, swallow, chomp chew, swallow, whatever it was she did. That's the symbology that we've been given. And he's watching her. And she doesn't fall to the ground dead. Somebody asked me, me, well, since nothing had ever died, how did Adam even know what death was? Well, let me ask you this. As far as I can tell, Adam never went to school. How did he know how to talk? How did he know language? How did he know how to name the animals? I mean, there's a lot of things... That God taught him that's not recorded for us in the Bible. He knew what death was. I don't know how either. I just know he does. Same way he knew how to talk. Well, he's watching her. See, right there, that shutter right there, before I could even say the words, I'm so guilty of doing this same thing. And the whole body of Christ is. We're sitting on the porch with Jesus, looking at a kingdom that he's looking at a kingdom that we can't see. Boy, he sees it. He lives there. Realm of truth, a kingdom of truth. And he's going, like Cole asked me, can you pretend? He's asking me, can you believe? Because, Gary, if you can, it, if you can believe, there is a kingdom on the inside of you that you can't see on the outside. But it is there, and it is truth, not what you're seeing. And Adam had that. He was the first one to have to make a decision on that. He had God's word. Jesus defined forever what truth is. Father, thy word is truth. And that's why Jesus says about himself, I am the truth, because he did not do anything that was not the Father's word. He didn't do anything of his own. Everything he said, everything he did was the manifestation of the Father's Word, which is truth. Well, we're back to Adam. And Adam's looking. Somebody is a liar. You can't have one person say you'll die and another person say you will not die and both of them be telling the truth, can you? Somebody's telling the truth and somebody's lying. Now, Adam's got to make a decision. Because God had said in the same day, see now, if he hadn't put that in there the same day, in in the day then Adam might have thought well she's going to die hundreds of years later like their physical bodies did that's not what God said no he said the day you eat of it you'll die so he's watching her I don't know how long he watched her but she's just as pretty as ever she's just standing there and he can touch her he can smell her I bet she smells good beautiful as always he can hear her voice all of his five physical senses are telling him he's trying to render a verdict on the inside he's trying to make a decision who is the liar somebody is lying I know what God said I know what the again I would hold up the Bible right now if I had one with me I know what God said but is that the truth? And he's... Now, the Satan had said... I saw a picture of me holding up a newspaper, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Don't trust the media. Anyway. Satan had said, You will not die. He renders a decision. Based on my five physical senses. I have to render a verdict. Or I I choose. It's not a have to. I choose to render a verdict. Satan is telling the truth. God is lying. Now would you call that living by sight? I would call that living by sight. Rendering a verdict based on what you can... What your five physical senses tell you. And that was the... Living by sight instead of living by faith in God's word was the way out of the garden. But God, through His mercy, by sending His Son to pay the penalty for sin, Him suffering three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and being resurrected again to new life, God has made His kingdom available to us again. But we're in the reverse position from where Adam was. Adam was in truth and made a decision that brought him out of truth. We're living in out of truth. But every time you act in faith on God's Word, you step back into the realm of truth and by His stripes you were healed. See, I see it again. That image is so clear of me sitting on the back porch with Cole that day. but I'm not sitting there now with Cole I'm sitting in a chair and Jesus is sitting in a chair right next to me he's not pointing at a lion he's not asking me about a lion if you want to know the truth he's pointing at his word just like he put his finger on the Bible that day and he's saying can you believe it starts with hope The second step is agreeing with God. What does that mean? You've got to change what you say. And I don't mean just when you're in church and I don't mean just when you're around other people. The reason I'm saying that is not legalistic. See, at first, it is a possessing of the land. But eventually it becomes your land. And you live there. Yes, sir. See, right now I'm hearing this. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'll never forget the day I was doing my job to study and meditate the Word of God, like Dave taught us in Whole Images. He said it's okay to look up definitions as long as you know while you're assimilating the books. And so I would do that once in a while. See, because I'd read that verse, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I was free in many areas. I thank God at that point. At the day I remember the day that this happened. Thank God on that day I wasn't still in the bars. I wasn't still doing alcohol. I wasn't uh, into pornography. I wasn't... All those things that I used to do. I mean, I was free from so many things. But I still wasn't walking where the blind eyes see. You know? So I looked up that word no, You shall know the truth. See, because I'm, I'm thinking it on that day, I know the truth. I, I... I Here, sit right there, let me tell you. By his stripes, you were healed. And while I'm telling you that, I'm bent over like a hundred-year-old man. Because why? The feelings in my back tell me I'm not healed. Tell me, nope, somebody's got a hot knife right in my spine. See? But I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) I know the truth. And the truth is the truth is I didn't know the truth. Because when you look up that word no, you shall know the truth. There's lots of Greek words for no. Not N-O. K N O W. The one that he chose to use, if I remember correctly, and again I'm here with no notes in front of me, but it's Gnosko. Don't know how you really say it. I'm not trying to learn Greek and you're probably not either, but anyway, it's the Greek word and you can look it up for yourself. It's in John chapter eight. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When you look that word up, no. Now Jesus could have picked any Greek word, couldn't he? He could have picked a word that just meant knowledge. There's lots of, lots of Greek words that you could pick from that just means knowledge. You have knowledge of, but that's not the one that he chose to use. When I say he chose the Holy Spirit through him, which is the Father, but anyway. That one is the it's the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word where Adam knew his wife. How intimate is that? There is no knowing like the intimacy between a husband and a wife. Many people know Sue, okay? By the way, she's changing. I used to always say she doesn't like chocolate. Guess what? <laughs> she, she kind of likes chocolate. I used to say, no, if you know her, see, I know her. You, you know of her. Now, this was years ago when this happened, but we were at a conference in Dayton and I mentioned many people know Sue and like Sue and appreciate Sue and, and they know some, you know, she's pretty. She's blonde and so forth. And she is i marry that girl again today. But I said, she doesn't really like chocolate. People are always giving her chocolate, but that's because they don't know her. Now, this was years ago. You can give her chocolate now. Anyway. But she really didn't like chocolate for most, I mean, many, many years. I said, what Sue likes is Skittles. Nah, I'm just teaching, right? The next morning when we get up, there's the biggest bag of Skittles I've ever seen in my life leaning up against our motel room door. <laughs> somebody went and bought Sue a giant bag of Skittles they didn't buy me nothing but anyway that's a... <laughs> Jesus chose that word on, on purpose you shall know the truth yes sir I, I just got to follow Okay. so we're back to Abraham when God changed his name it didn't, they didn't have the baby that night they, she didn't get pregnant that night you know why? Him and her both laughed. The very day that God changed His name. And he, and he says, and I hope I have my, I don't have the Bible in front of me right now. I believe it was the same day. Right? All I know is God says, He, he tells them about this time next year, <clears throat> Sarah's going to have a baby. When He said that the same day, when He said that to him, they both laughed. That doesn't sound like And it wasn't like celebration, oh, God's word is true. No, Sarah said, and keep it clean, oh, really? Ha, ha, ha. Am I going to again have pleasure from my husband, seeing we are old? Isn't the Bible nice? (laughs) That's a nice way of saying (laughs) Abraham's not quite the hot rod that he used to be. But it also, the Bible also says, Abram, Abraham, about this time next year, your wife's going to have a baby. Romans 4 tells you, well, he, he staggered not, eventually, at the promise of God, even though he knew Sarah's womb was dead, because she was old. She was, it says she was past the time of the way of women. Well, that, she wasn't ovulating anymore. There's no egg to fertilize. Is he doing okay for keeping it clean? Okay. So, sometimes when God really tells you His plan, and He tells you, now from this day forward, don't say anything opposite of that. On the inside, you might be laughing. They did. But the thing about Abraham, Abraham would obey God. So I've seen this vision, I've heard told it to you before, from that day forward, that He was an old man. Everybody everybody knew him. This old rich guy out in the desert. He's got 318 households of men that served, plus women, plus children. How, how rich is this guy? But this rich old guy, he's losing it, you know. I saw a teaching vision one day that this is just a teaching vision. It's not in the Bible. But I saw Abraham and Sarah. Say, Let's go visit our uncle Fred. I don't know why Fred. He lives four sand dunes over. <laughs> they pack up the camels. Here they go. I saw them going over. Him and Sarah, they're going over to see Uncle Fred. Fred sees them coming. Ah! Here comes my relative, Abram, and his wife. And they, they, so they get down off their camels, and they hug, and they probably do that kiss on the cheek like they do in the Middle East. And so good to see you, Abram. And Abram, see, now this takes courage. Abram says, well, it's good to see you too, Fred. But i got to tell you something. Oh, what? You have news? Yes, my name is no longer Abram. I am now Abraham. And as soon as he says that, being the Hebrew language, Uncle Fred says, you know, I can just... Because that means I am the father of a multitude. I can almost... So like here's Fred and there's Abram. Behind him is Sarah. There's the camels. And in my vision, I saw Fred kind of lean to the right. Maybe there's children on those camels I don't know anything about. Maybe something has happened, you know. But no, I don't see any children. So what's the next question? Your name is now Abraham? You're the father of a multitude? Who told you? (laughs) Who told you to go around lying like this? I mean, that's not exactly the way it was said. Who told you you are the father of a multitude? Here it comes. God told me. And here's the look you've seen from your relatives. Oh. Oh, that knowing, demonic look. I'll just say human look. How's that? Oh. Without saying it, they're going, you're living in la-la then now. You're living in the land of pretend. But the truth, the fact, the matter was, (laughs) by changing his name, Abram was stepping into a room that only Abraham can possess. And it is the realm of truth. And it begins with the mouth. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. Abraham had to learn two things about God. This is in Romans 4. God quickens the dead. Now, he's not just talking there about the resurrection of the dead. He's talking about even dead bodies. He's talking about old, dead bodies. And Abraham had to come to the conclusion, I don't care if Sarah's womb is dead. I don't care if I'm almost 100 years old. I don't care if I'm not the hot rod I used to be. And in the natural, I can't be the hot rod I used to be. <laughs> God quickens the dead. In this case, he's gonna, He quickens my flesh. He quickens Sarah's flesh too. And he had to learn something else about God. God calls those things which be not as though they were. He made an adjustment on the inside. It had to begin similar to what happened with me that that day with Cole. I stepped over into a kingdom within Cole when I began to pretend. We step over into the kingdom of God when we begin to believe. Boy, that was said really good. <laughs> I want to listen to that again myself because I'm not that smart. Isn't that the truth? First, you've got to see it then you've got to say it. Okay. So we're coming into times of ministry. What I'm seeing right now is Romans chapter 12, not just the first two verses like we've preached so many times. See, later on in that chapter, he talks about all of the same ministry gifts that he talks about in Ephesians. And I believe it's one of the Corinthians where he talks about apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist. What is it? Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Okay. Well, Romans 12, he mentions all those same ones. He also mentions governments. And he mentions helps. I can't teach on that today. Uh, we will. But he's talking about stepping into ministry. But see, all of that hinges on doing Romans 12, 1 and 2. Hmm. But I'm going to pick on the gospel entrepreneur just for a moment. Uh, that's helps. That's part of the helps. In Romans 12, it's the simplicity of giving. But that's part of Helps. I want to put millions into the gospel. I know God called me to do it. Now, I could pick any of the others. I could pick evangelist. I want to win a billion souls for Christ. I could pick teacher. I want to teach the world, whatever. See, here's a great revelation. That portion of Romans 12 comes after Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Holy and acceptable unto God. Now, if words mean anything. If you don't present it holy, is it acceptable? It's not. Why do you think he's had us going through the fire? Because like Alan has taught so eloquently, your body is your your it's not just your physical fleshly, earthly body. It's every part of the unrenewed soul. I present, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is, this is what God's been after, so that Christ can manifest himself through us. Be no longer conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can know. Boy, I want to look up the word know, right there i am got a hunch the good the acceptable and the perfect will of God and then he says he starts leading us into the body has many parts and you've got a calling in it you're either you're in one of those five or you're in the administration which is governments or you're in helps which is all kinds of things you know the helps so well where's diversities of tongues three chapters earlier in Romans chapter 8 the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered we often don't know what to pray as we ought but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered and we know that while you're doing that all things are working together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose that leads right into he's got a, a like a Nine, ten, and 11 almost has a parenthesis. He digresses for a moment to talk about Israel, but when he picks up the thought again in Romans 12, he's picking right up after he preached on tongues, the diversities of tongues. In Romans 8, don't you wish there was a church that would start you out praying in other tongues? Telling you why and telling you if you continue on you'll eventually make it into your calling and you'll make it into a supernatural calling not something man produces not an ishmael but a supernatural calling I'm going to call it the realm of truth where you're actually walking yes sir actually walking in truth just like it says like John wrote I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth truth, there's a good book I'd like to recommend to you, it's called The Walk of the Spirit The Walk of Power by Dave Roberson oh yes sir, okay now, go with me to the back porch now let me have your Bible just for a moment man man I like a used Bible. Well used. Go to the back porch with me. Uh, I'm asking you. Can you believe? Go with me now into a kingdom that you can't see. Go with me now into a kingdom called truth. Called the kingdom of God. Where Jesus has come to bear witness Of what that truth is. Can you believe? Can you let your mind. Start being painted with different images. Than what the world has painted for you. Can you start to believe. You're somebody other than who you think you are. Can you begin to say about yourself. What God says about you. Can you begin to say. What God says about Christ. In you. It'll start with the words. But it will end with manifestation of the truth. It is the realm of truth. We'll see you in 30 minutes.